This is Radar for On The Radar, and this is episode 225, and as always, we come at you with local and national sports and pop culture. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe. I need to get to 100 on Spotify and 100 on YouTube channels so that I can start getting my ads back and I can start making percentage points of penny to pay for my own ads on social media and Google and everything else that I need just in order to survive. Okay, let's get to the news. Rest in peace to Matt Napolitino, reporter for Fox News Radio and sports reporter, has died from an infection. He was only 33 years old. He also appeared on Jeopardy, they said. Very young, not much older than me. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Henry Sandin, who passed away at 95, who was an English antiques expert, TV personality, author, and lecturer who specialized in ceramics and was a notable authority on Royal Worcester Porcelain. He was also the curator at the Dyson Parents Museum for many years. Rest in peace to him. So even he had a pretty interesting life people could remember him for. Rest in peace to Dave Leland, the English film director, screenwriter, and actor who came to fame for his directorial debut, Wish You Were Here, in 1987, and has passed away at age of 82. Rest in peace to Lee Sung Kim, the South Korean actor known for his role in Bon Joog's Academy Award-winning black comedy film Parasite, where he won a Screen Actors Guild Award along with his castmates. He received other awards, including a nomination for an International Emmy. He worked in musical theater and minor supporting roles until he got lead roles in some of Korea's TV shows. He has passed away at the age of 46. They said it was an attempted... Died for an apparent suicide at age of 48. So, really sad. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Casey Kramer. It was a four decades career actress, including appearances on TV series Falcon Crest, General Hospital, The Unrightless, Criminal Minds, Southland, Basket, and Transpa- Transparent. As passed away to 67, the daughter of famed actress, a famed director, Stanley Kramer. She's passed away to 67. Rest in peace to Richard Franklin. The English actor, writer, director, and political activist was mostly a stage actor, but he appeared regularly in several high-profile British TV programs, including Crossroad, Emerald Farm, and he was Captain Mike Yates of Unit in Doctor Who, and he had a re- and returned to role on a number of occasions, both on television and in Doctor Who spinoffs as well. He's passed away at age of 87. Kamar de la Reyes has passed away at the age of 56. The Puerto Rican actor was known for Antonio Vega on ABC's soap opera One Life to Live and Raul Mendes in the Call of Duty Black Ops game. He also was on Sleepy Hollow and he was Ryan Carradine on The Rookie. And he was Coach Montez in All-American. So it's really sad because I don't know what they're going to do when it comes to All-American because obviously... JJ's on the team, and Asher's his assistant coach, that they're not going to show him because they just finished their freshman year of college. So they're still, like, potentially, at least if you're going to go to the NFL, at least three seasons of football. So they got two more seasons left, potentially going to all three. How are they going to portray that going forward that Coach Montez has passed away? Like, I don't – I don't know. He also was in the gifted MacGyver and SEAL team. And it just stinks because he really saw in Asher how he could be a good, he could be change his life around and being an assistant coach in college. Like, it just sucks, man. But it said he died from cancer, so screw cancer. 
gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what they do going forward with that the best show on CW. Rest in peace to Mike Nosbaum, the American Act director, fellow Jew. He grew up in Albany Park in Chicago. He went to Chicago after his service in the military. He had a brief. He was being he had a, he had a few times, including brief chief of the message center for Dwight Eisenhower as a general. He dispatched the official notification of Germany surrender for 20 years. He worked with his brother-in-law in extermination business. His career started in theater in the 50s and 60s. A lot of on and off Broadway plays, and as well, he was in Field of Dreams, House of Games, Tire Chain, Fatal Attraction, Men in Black. He also appeared in local TV commercials as well. The national commercials for United Airlines and Scope Mouthwash. He continued to act until his 90s and was working on theater projects up until his death in 2023. Rest in peace to Mike Nosbaum. Rest in peace to Ian Pepperell, the British radio and TV actor who was 53 years old. He appeared in TV soap operas. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Neil Nanda, comedian who appeared on Jimmy Kimmel, has passed away at 32 just days after his birthday. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Bobby Jean Carter, the former makeup artist and sister of of Aaron and Nick Carter. She has passed away at 41. Her sister, Angel Carter, confirmed that she had passed away. It just continues to prove that sometimes it's bad parenting and abusing your kids and taking and using them up leads to addiction and a lot of other stuff. And that I learned a lot from reading Nick Carter's book, and we all know that Aaron Carter passed away. Rest in peace to Selma Archard, the American actress known for Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 3. She had a 27-year career in television and film, has passed away at age of 98. So rest in peace to her. And yeah, with Nick Carter, I just feel bad. He may not have been close to a lot of his siblings, but to lose a lot of his siblings in a short period of time stinks. Rest in peace to Lauren Winch, a founding member of the Dizzy Chicks, has passed away 65 after a car crash. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Esther Mohawk. The American singer-songwriter who recorded a dozen albums, known for Suffering Till Suffered and Interjections, both from Schoolhouse Rock, Change of Heart, which is recorded by St. Lopper, Stronger Than the Wind, recorded by Tina Turner. Her second album, Paranormal Lovers, which critically acclaimed, she passed away to 75. Rest in peace to Terry Jill Japperstein, the New York talent manager, who passed away to 73. Rest in peace to former Major League Baseball player Ryan Miner. The former Orioles Expos had a 177 lifetime average for five home runs and 27 RBI. He's graduated to 49. He was a big eight conference men's basketball player year in college for Oklahoma Sooner. He earned all high school, all American in high, in, for baseball, college World Series championship in 94. And he was the player who is most remembered that he started in place of Cal Ripken when, I, when Cal Ripken finally took a day off from his huge streak. He was an All-American college basketball player at University of Oklahoma, where they twice led to the Big 8 Conference. In, he led the in t- conference twice in points. He was named Big 8 Team Player of the Year at one point, and he was potential lottery pick, but elected to go back his senior year. He was drafted in the second round by the Sixers after playing in seven preseason games, including one where he scored 15. He was released. He'd been blocked in position by obviously having Stackhouse and Weatherspoon. He played in 32 games for the minor, for the Oklahoma City Cavaliers of the Continental Basketball League before they had the G League. He left the team after he got an invitation from the Orioles to play baseball. But yeah, eight player of the year, two-time first All-Eight, third-team All-American. And obviously, he was. Uh, we mentioned about all of his things in the minor league. 
in that. He obviously was selected by the Mets, but didn't sign. And then the Orioles. And then after two-plus seasons in the minor leagues, he made his debut in 98. And uh, he was then traded to the Expos for Jorge Julio, who was a pretty good pitcher. He then split time between the Expos and the minor leagues. And then after stints in, like, independent ball, he came the first ever Barnstormers home run because some of these uh, teams were new. And then... After he retired from playing baseball, he went to coach the 2000, in 2006. He became the hitting and infield coach at York Revolution. Atlanta League, then he served a similar capacity with other teams in the Orioles minor league system. Then he managed the Class A team, then was promoted to the manager of Advance A. Then he went back to that Class A thing for four seasons, becoming the manager for the Friedrich Keith. After he finished that, in last place, with the worst since his contract was never by Orioles. He then signed on with the Tigers, where he set to manage the Gulf Coast League in 2020, but obviously the pandemic happened. But then he did that in 2021, and obviously it stinks that he passed away from colon cancer. And he was he, uh, one month before he died, he was elected at least in Oklahoma City Sports Hall of Fame, so that's nice for him. Rest in peace to Mars Williams. The second, uh, the saxophonist for the psychedelic furs and liquid soul has passed away to 68. Like he jazzes, but he's rock and roll. And obviously he was a member of of the waitresses for the 80s, and then a member of the psychedelic furs for a bit. And we mentioned, uh, you know, some other stuff. So psychedelic furs is a pretty popular band. He's from Chicago, so it just thinks this guy has passed away to 68. Resident Priest is Ruth Seymour, the American broadcasting executive known for an invert with public radio. She has been described as a pioneer in public radio and a commanding presence in the public radio arena. She's passed away at age of 88. Rest in peace of Gary Soho, the Venezuelan basketball player, younger than me, 24 years old. Mostly played, you know, where he was from, you know, in, in Central America for the national team. He has passed away at age of 24, which is really bad. Recipe to Norby Walters, the actor is known for Arliss, Rick James, I'm Rick James in Power Play. He has passed away at of 91. Nah, not my bad. Night of 100 Stars in Hollywood. In Hollywood's for the 100 Nights. He was a Night of Stars, was 91 year old. He was an agent. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace of Herman Rush, former tele executive at Columbia Pictures Television. He passed away to 94. Rest in peace to Carrie Fisher's UK agent, Seamus Light. He passed away to 54. Great story here. Marvin Bagley and Alec Burks of the Detroit Pistons are working with Michigan's first credit union to pay off 18 families' loans around 80000 $80,000 for the 2003 holiday season. Really nice what to do for those guys. Stat of the week. Kyron Williams became the first Rams 1K rusher since Ty Gurley in 2018. Tyler Hero hosted a shopping spree for 10 kids at the Nike store, gifting them $1,000 worth of gift cards. He also signed sneaker boxes and basketball for the kids. Again, good charity work there. The Atlanta Falcons have been fined $75,000 and head coach Arthur Smith $25,000 violating the NFL injury Report policy prior to that Week 7 game against the Buccaneers. Big hockey trade. TJ Oshie, the former you know USA hockey player who played for Columbus Blue Jacks and now in the Capitol, has been traded to the Canucks. 
And there have been eight MLB teams combined for a record $209.8 million luxury and tax bill. Starting with the Mets with the over 100, Padres 39, Yankees 32, Dodgers 19, Phillies 6.9, Blue Jays 5.5, Braves 3.2, and Rangers 1.8. That's a lot. Another interesting story, Draymond Green has been dealing, has been, excuse me, doing virtual virtual meetings with Warriors League and the NFL, play, uh, NBA, excuse me, officials to chart its progress. So that's going to be interesting to see when he comes back. Sad of the week, Amari Cooper had 11 receptions for a single game franchise record of 265 yards and two touchdowns in the Browns win over Houston. He's the fourth player in NFL history with three career games, at least 200 receiving yards and two receptions, joining Don Houston. Charlie Hennigan, and Tyreek Hill. He's also the sixth player in FLS with four career gains at least 200 receiving yards, joining Lance Allworth, Calvin Johnson, Don Houston, Jerry Rice, and Charlie Hennigan. That was like an improbable game, how he got that many yards and all the touchdowns. Stat of the week, Luka Dantich tied the NBA Christmas record for three points made, and he joins LeBron, Durant, Kobe, Melo, and T-Mac, the sixth player to reach 10,000 points before 25, the fastest of Michael Jordan. He joined also Will Chamberlain, Bernard King, Rick Barry as the only players to score 50 on Christmas Day with his double-double of 15 and 50 and 15-6. So impressive day for Luka Dantich on Christmas. After Monday night's 33-19 win over the 49ers, Lamar Jackson is now 21 versus the NFC. That's an interesting record there. Underdogs have now won eight straight Monday night football games, longest win streak in, NF- in Monday night football history with the Ravens last night. Uh, the other night, followed by the previous Seahawks to beat the Eagles, Titans over Dolphins, Giants beat the Packers, Bengals beat the Jaguars, Bears beat those Vikings, and the Eagles beat the Chiefs, and then obviously the Broncos beating the Bills. Another interesting stat of the week, the Hornets are the only NBA team that never played a, day, a game on Christmas. That's interesting, because when Kemba Walker's on the team, I thought they may have done that. Okay, NFL news. Kareem Jackson is off waiver. Has been claimed by the Texans off waivers. He returns to Houston where he was a he was a first round 19, 2010 first pick out of Bama for them. So that's cool that he goes back there. NBA players of the week: Joel Embiid and John Morant. 49ers have picked up Sebastian Joseph Day. Steelers have picked up linebacker Jalen Smith. The Commanders have benched Sam Howell officially and made Jacoby Brissett the starter for this upcoming week. Tommy DeVito's been officially benched, so Tyrod Taylor's going to be starting. Other NFL news. Ten broadcasts will be done for college football playoffs. And Peacock, over the weekend... Had a fourth quarter that had no commercials, so that's interesting to get people to pay for your service. Jordan Phillips is on injured reserve. Mason Crosby is officially on the New York Giants. As we mentioned, Sebastian Joseph Day was cut, but then he got just picked up. Carlos Santos, the Bears are rewarding their best player in terms of consistency this year on a four-year, $16 million deal with nine and a half of it being guaranteed. It's a good move because he's kept you in a lot of games this year. Jeffrey Simmons got an injured reserve. He's out for the year. The four... The Lions, excuse me, clinched their division. And after cutting their kicker, he's now on the Cleveland Browns. Jalen Hurts now has the most rushing touchdowns for a quarterback in a season with 15. Congratulations to him. Matt Barkley has gone to the Jaguars team. Bad news for fantasy owners in the playoffs and Vikings fan. T.J. Hawkinson towards ACL and MCL. He's out for the year. So they lose Kirk Cousins to an Achilles. 
They get Cam Akers, and he starts to look good for them, and he gets hurt. Alexander Madison missed time this year. They've lost a few of their other players, like Justin Jefferson missed a huge chunk of the season, and some of the other wide receivers missed time. They're just not having a good season luck-wise with injuries. Dorian Thompson, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the, the, the Browns quarterback, has had a hip injury, and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. And the Steelers also announced that for right now, until Kenny Pickett's back and fully healthy, Mason Rudolph will be starting at quarterback. Clay has passed uh, Vince Carter for eighth most threes. <coughs> Excuse me. With over 31,000 threes. Bad news for Mitchell Robinson. We announced he was going to be out for a few weeks. Well, it's official. He's having ankle surgery. And he's going to be out for the whole entire season. And because of Zion Williamson missing all those games with the contract that they assigned him previously, he's now, as they have now, it's been officially announced that his final three years of his contract are not guaranteed. So that's not good. And the NBA has said to Matt McClung, even though you're also not on an NBA roster, would you like to compete in the slam dunk contest to defend your title? So I hope he does because that was actually pretty fun. Jordan Poole has 1,000 career assists, which is surprising for a guy who likes to take a lot of shots. The Heat announced that Udonis Haslam's number 40 is going to be retired, and that's an example of just in that specific team's history that he meant a lot to them and not like he's an all-time great as a whole. Kenneth Lofton, after the Grizzlies time to a huge, you know, like two to deal, cut him, and now he's going to the Sixers on a two-year on a two-way deal. And that's gonna be a good move because, you know, the Sixers are a little bit fragile with him being missing time with injuries. So you just need some bodies out there to to play minutes. And B, as I mentioned, he missed Christmas Day due to an ankle injury. Lakers are gonna be out with Gabe out without Gabe Vincent. He's out for six to eight weeks with a knee surgery. Entertainment news quickly, Gerard Depardieu has been accused of sexually inappropriate behavior by 13 women. That's just a lot. While Kanye West is apologizing to Jewish comedian Hebrew for his anti-Semitic remarks. So maybe I can go back to listening to his music and having fun. I really don't know. Just ahead of his new album, Vulture, he apologized on Instagram in Hebrew for his past anti-Semitic remarks. He goes by Yay, but he's facing ten criticisms for his out- anti-Semitic outbursts. Now asking forgiveness from the community. I seriously apologize, to the community, for any unintended outbursts caused by words or actions. He wrote, "This is obviously Google Translate. It was not my intention to hurt or demean, and I deeply regret any pain I may have caused." So obviously, he's a follow similar that included praise for Hitler and the Nazis, and some of them people blamed him for the re- rise in hate in the America because he's doing all this stuff. He's dropped, and, and, and obviously was dropped by CA and prompted many brands to cut ties like Adidas to make his shoes. He obviously was recently reinstated on Twitter after he suspended for several months. His comments are also condemned by his wife. So obviously that's not good. I'm committed to getting myself and learn from the experience. Don't always ensure great sensitivity and understanding the future. You're forgiven to support me and I'm committed to repair the to advancing unity. The title track on his album references his early comments with how am I anti-Semitic? I just fucked a Jewish bitch. Like, excuse me for swearing, but like, yep. He can't even like uh, get a full apology out there without there being some sort of weirdness to it. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, and Amazon is announcing that on January 29th, they're going to have 
video is at Prime Video is going to be having ads for those who are really happy about that. You're not going to like that. Now then, not as many entertainment stories, but a lot of deaths. Ben Stiller is going to be in this thing called Nutcrackers. Shining Grail has been canceled two seasons at Stars. Joe Coy is going to be hosting the Golden Globe, so that's good for him. Getting more out there to stand a comedian. The whole Nevermind Baby child pornography lawsuit that's been thrown out multiple times is now going back to court with a different thing. So I don't know when that story is ever going to die. And the Sky Township is going to be on The Neighborhood this year, one of the best shows on TV. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's interesting. And Hulu buys the rights to run the Burbs. So that's going to be interesting. That show, I didn't get a chance to watch that. But that's going to be interesting there. And I think it's Gilded Age, which is either HBO. So those who are fans of that will be very happy. These are two baseball stories that just happened. As I want to mention to people, I like to be able to record my podcast. Wednesday, because it's the middle of the week, because you have Monday Night Football, and Tuesday people are going to spend all this time hawking over what happened in Monday Night Football, because it's the there's usually only one game, and you know, you just want to move on, so that's why Wednesday is like, okay, cool, Thursday Night Football, you want to get everything that happened in the middle of the week and in the middle of the day, so I like to record in the middle of the day, none of this mornings or late night recordings but two things that happened the White Sox have signed Martin Maldonado to a one-year deal that's a good move because he can get the most out of a pitching staff and he's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball he's a machete behind the plate he throws out runners that's a good move but what was the point of getting Max Stassi if it's just going to be the Houston Astros catching staff of having Maldonado Max Stassi both were on the Astros at different at the same time one as a starter one as like a second or third string catcher and then you got Corey Lee, who you got from the Astros, this young player who, you know, I was hoping the White Sox would give full range to. And with the Max Stassi acquisition, I was like, okay, he'll be a good backup to Corey Lee because he's been a backup for pretty much most of his career, except for when he was in Los Angeles before he got hurt. And I'm like, that's a good move. But now you have three Houston Astros catchers, and that's not what they're, like, known for because Melvin Allen's a veteran. So, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense that they're building the three catchers. Because if Maldonado plays every day, when is Corey Lee going to get his chance to develop? Like, I don't get that. Blue Jays have signed Isaiah Conifalefa to a two-year $15 million deal. That is a lot of money for a glorified utility player, but at least the Blue Jays are smart. They have a set outfield. They pretty much have a set infield. They have three second basemen in Espinal, Biggio, and Schneider, but they have at least a set infield of Bobachet and Vladimir Guerrero, and they have catchers. So that just means he's probably going to get the first opportunity to play third base because I think he's a pretty good offensive third baseman because he's won the gold glove before. It's a stretch ass and play shortstop, but they just wanted somebody to fill that spot, and I don't think that's a bad move for them. It just I don't know if he's the best option. Eric Haas is now the backup in Milwaukee with Carantini going to Houston. The former Cleveland third-string catcher had a bit of a run with the Tigers. 
because offensively he was on a streak, and they played him in the outfield to get his bat in the lineup. That's going to be a he's, – he's a good backup. The Brewers got a good backup to, to, to for Contreras, who's not the greatest defensive catcher. The Mets have picked up Adrian Hauser and Tyrone Taylor for this Coleman crew or Crow guy. Hauser, the Mets need bodies because they traded – DeGrom, they let DeGrom go in free agency, and they traded Scherzer and Verlander and a lot of other players at the deadline. And they're still playing, obviously, Kozak uh, Quintana, who was injured for most of the year. Not sure about Carlos Carrasco's contract. And then the fourth ball master, Cody Senga's, obviously was a long-term investment last year. So it's like... They definitely have room for some bodies in that rotation, and Hauser could eat some innings up. And Tyrone Taylor can definitely, if starting Marte or Brandon Nimmo miss significant time, play a good enough outfield for them. Jake Marisnik is going to the Angels on my league deal, and I feel like with the fact that Trout, Adele, and Taylor Ward never stay healthy, Marisnik's going to probably, if he doesn't opt out of his minor league deal and go elsewhere, will get an opportunity to play for the Angels this year. Sean Newcomb is announcing his knee surgery, but he's going to supposedly be back in time. So the highest ever contract for a player to never play an MLB for 12 years, $325 million, has gone to the Yoshiba Yamato dude. He is joining Shohei Otani and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman in Los Angeles. So for right now, the Dodgers... Listen to me when I said, man, Otani's not going to be able to pitch for, I don't know, a year and a half. And the Dodgers keep losing the playoffs because they don't have enough pitching because Kershaw, don't know if he's ever going to come back to this team because he's injured. Bueller didn't pitch a single inning this year. May and Goslin don't know when they're going to pitch a full season or for them. And Urias has his legal problems. So I was like, they got to get pitching. So they went out and traded for Tyre Glass now, who is a walking injury. But when healthy, he's good. And now they got Yamato do. So if Yamato and Glasnow are your top two pitchers and Bueller comes back and he's number three, then all you got to worry about is the last two spots is a combination of Bobby Miller, May, Goslin, Kershaw, if he comes back. Like, then you have less to worry about in the rotation and more about the bullpen, but it's a lot of money they're spending there. Speaking of guys who pitch for the Dodgers bullpen, Shelby Miller is signed with the Tigers on a major league deal, surprisingly. Former top, former, like, top prospect, like a pitcher who had some good years and was then fell flat and is now bounced back as reliever. It's nice to see, but a major league deal is interesting. Congratulations, Matt Wieters, on getting his degree from Georgia Tech. And former Rays, Padres, and Cleveland catcher Francisco Mejia is signed with the Los Angeles Angels. That I don't understand because they like Logan O'Hoppy and they're still going with the Matt Tice, the corner infielder, outfielder, mostly in the major leagues until this season as the backup. So he's a third-string catcher in this team. And he went from being the everyday catcher in Tampa Bay to when he came back from the injury, they just said, nah, we're going to cut you. I thought he probably would have signed with a team that actually needs a catcher, but we'll see if he opts out or if there's injuries or the Angels trade him. Victor Rodriguez is now now becoming the lead he- uh, hitting coach for the Padres. Congratulations to him. And based on that Otani deal where he's making all the money, it's a nice story. He gifted Joe Kelly's wife with a Porsche for letting Joe Kelly give him his number. So that's pretty nice. And Mitch Garver gets a two-year deal. 
24 million from the Mariners. The Rangers lose a good bat, but I was like, wait a minute. Cal Raleigh hits 20-plus home runs pretty much every season so far. He's been in the big leagues. Like, Mitch Garver's not going to back him up. So is Mitch Garver going to be the DH in the Mariners? Because that's the only spot I can see for him because he could part-time catch, but I don't think Mitch Garver, the Mariners would be dumb enough to give this guy a two-year deal to him to be a part-time catcher. They think they want his bat in the lineup as the DH. Diego Castillo, the former Rays pitcher, it's not a mind deal with the Rangers. That's a good move because they make the team out of spring training. They didn't pay that much. And Kevin Kiermaier is returning to Blue Jays on a $10.5 million deal. Going on that move about them signing Isaiah Kanafalefa, that's a good move because Kanafalefa has won the gold glove, so he solidifies defensively at third base. You have the offensive prowess of Bobachet and Guerrero at first base and shortstop. And you have the Kiermaier solidifying the defense center field. Now, I don't know if they're going to do the same thing they did last year to keep him mostly healthy, which is give him a couple days off at a time and move catcher Dalton Varsho from left field to center field. But hey, if you got Springer, Kiermaier, and Varsho as your outfield, three second basemen and the Jansen-Kirk catching combination, all you're going to really worry about is do we have enough pitching? Because now I think they've solidified their 1 through 9. It's more about who's going to pitch for them. And that's, I feel like, a good move. So Major League Baseball and non modifications to pitch clock and other rules. So these are going to be the rules. The runner's lane will be widened to include the dirt area between the foul line and the infield grass. So, like, you know, when you're running up the base... Normally, it was like there was grass all the way to the foul line, and the dirt was like a little bit over on the side, but they're going to have a little bit more dirt going down, so that's going to be something. So it winds the lanes, allow batters to take more direct path to first base ball, retaining protection from interference. The distance between the foul line and infield grass will be between 18 and 24 inches in all park, with some limited grass periods granted by MLB due to difficulty in modifying the field, obviously turf field. Pace of game. MLB proposed minor league chase a game regulation to increase in the game time as the season progressed. The average nine inning games increased increased seven minutes from April to September, five minutes after controlling for the number of pitches, breaks, and runs scored. So the timing between pitches, it's been reduced from 20 seconds to 18 pitches, 18 seconds with runners on base. And uh, based on player feedback, MLB withdrew the proposal that would have required the home plate umbar to immediately reset the pitch clock after a player called timeout. If a pitcher steps into onto the warning track with less than two minutes remaining on the clock, it will reset the two, then 2.15. And inning breaks that contain a pitching change average two two and a half you know, minutes. Brockers are only guaranteed two minutes of commercial time. The mound visits will also be reduced from five to four. And an extra mound visit will be worn in that inning if the defensive team has zero remaining at the end of the eighth inning. So... It's interesting. They'll permit defensive players to signal from a mound visit without actually visiting the mound, help further the pace of the game. Field time coordination will now reset the time after a dead ball. When the pitcher has the ball and the play is ready to resume, there will no longer be a requirement for the pitcher to be on the mound, removing the pitcher's ability to delay the start of the time by walking around the edge of the mound. Players who warm up have to face at least one hitter. A pitcher who is sent out to warm up for an inning must face one batter in addition to any requirement. There were 24 inches this season when the pitcher that warms up between innings was replaced before even throwing a pitch. 
So they want to crack down on that. So I feel like that's interesting. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to On the Radar, episode 225. As always, we talked about local and national sports and pop culture. And and uh, rest in peace, everyone who passed away. I know it's a lot of obituaries of people that passed away. Remember, On the Radar Entertainment blog is the Facebook page. We have 1,000 followers. Maybe we can get to 1,000 likes. Uh, you know, on the Red Entertainment blog is what I post celebrity and baseball birthdays and all the news stories and links to everything. Radar four four two eight a blogger and on the radarmedia.com is the website where all the articles and links are. Radar four four two eight is also the handle on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter X. It is also on the radar is the name of the YouTube channel where I get baseball videos every week, movie review videos every week. There are three podcasts. Off the Radar is the travel podcast. This On the Radar is the, the, the weekly sports and pop culture podcast. And Radar's Monday Morning Quarterback is the weekly football podcast that by the time the NFL season ends, there won't be one until the next football season starts. So please like subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And again, I'm not asking people to sit through a 30-minute podcast and listen to me talk every single week. Or 10-minute YouTube video about movies I've watched or about baseball. You just hit the subscribe button. And that's all you need to do. Okay, thanks for listening to episode 225 for On the Radar. I'm Raider. See you guys next time.